welcome to our first podcast, launching our new white paper series, LGT Capital Partners Insights. My name is Sebastian Kistner and I'm here today with Roger Hilty. He is a partner at LGT Capital Partners and the co-head of the multi-manager investment team. Hello, Sebastian. Roger, first of all, tell me a bit more about this new white paper series. What is this all about? Yes, of course. We're launching this new series of insights as part of our new investment communication at LGD Capital Partners to a wider audience and on a regular basis. The idea is to share investment topics that we find attractive given where we are in the macroeconomic and business cycle. As such, we will provide educational white papers, podcasts or webinars on a large variety of alternative investment strategies over time. Well, to be frank, Roger, and please don't get me wrong, but white papers are not exactly a new thing. So why do you think it is worth to spend some time with it? What makes this publication special? You're absolutely right. What we would like to communicate is how we think about markets and investment opportunities from a portfolio context by being a principal investor. Well, for more than 20 years, right? Correct. And over this time frame, we had a significant allocation to alternative investments that helped to improve performance and make our portfolios robust for any market environment. The current macroeconomic dynamics with inflation and rising interest rates are especially challenging and we would like to share where we see unique investment opportunities and which strategies can do well. Okay, I got it. Now let's have a bit of a closer look into the first edition, which carries the somewhat cryptic title, The Case for Managed Futures in a World of Seismic Shifts. I have the impression that managed futures are something not many of our readers and listeners are familiar with. Can you give us a short overview on this asset class, please? Sure, we specifically chose managed futures investment strategies as they are qualified to help investors navigate through the current macroeconomic shifts. Managed futures or commodity trading advisors, CTAs, are a category within the hedge fund universe. Well, they are actually the technology part within hedge funds. Correct. They generally have directional strategies and look to exploit market trends, systematic and capture inefficiencies rather than focusing on single security analysis. And I understand there are several types of managed futures. Can you be more specific? Absolutely. The first and largest investment category is trend-following CTAs. Well, it's actually the largest and most well-known category within the managed futures environment. And I think it has been around for many, many years. Yes, these CTAs follow price charts to identify positive and negative trends that they capture. They use various investment speeds from medium to long term to capture trends in markets. These classic trend-following CTAs trade core market instruments and they have historically shown some of the best downside protection features during equity market crises and dislocated markets. Let me briefly interrupt you here because you have made several references to CTAs, which apparently is an abbreviation of commodity trading advisors. Is that used synonymously and uh, why is there a reference to commodity trading? CTAs received their name in earlier times when commodities were actually the only futures traded on exchanges. However, with the introduction of financial futures today, the term is mostly used for systematic rule-based computer-driven investment strategies that trade liquid futures and forward markets. So the term is a bit misleading indeed, as CTAs typically trade across all asset classes, including equity indices, sovereign bonds, interest rates and currencies, and not just commodities. Okay. Let's go back to the several types of managed futures. You just mentioned the trend following CTAs. 
It seems that next to that there is a newer development within managed futures with CTAs that focus on exotic markets. That is indeed a much smaller universe of managers. Trend-following CTAs on alternative markets or so-called exotics or non-core markets, they employ very similar investment techniques as classic trend-following CTAs, but they focus in particular on a much wider set of markets to follow trends. What could that be? This could include interest rate swaps in emerging markets. It could include European carbon allowances, power market instruments, credit instruments, or onshore Chinese commodity markets traded via swaps and many more. Okay, so I understand the two categories both follow medium to long-term price trends across asset classes. What if an investor is keen to invest in CTAs but is looking for short-term opportunities? Next to these trend-following CTAs that we just uh, discussed, there are these so-called short-term trading managers. They trade based on various investment techniques using primarily price, volatility and co-movements as input factors for their trading machines and signal generation process. These managers also invest across all markets, like trend-following CTAs, but they trade much faster. They are highly adaptive and have an average trade length of per position of just a few days. And some of their models even trade on an intraday basis. Well, and they trade hundreds of trades per day, don't they? That's correct. And for doing that successfully, you need substantial technology, infrastructure and computer power and data. Okay, I see you have a real passion for it, Roger. But uh, let me dig deeper here, because I think it's an interesting topic. If managed futures are such a great thing, can you, they also look beyond technical information, such as market prices, and analyze fundamental or make macro data? Yes, these are the so-called quantitative or systematic macro managers. They predominantly use any sort of macroeconomic data points as input in their systematic decision-making process. So what data are you referring to here specifically? Such data could include interest rate differentials, it could include CPI numbers for inflation, GDP data, housing market information, job market data, money flows and many more. Some of these managers trade rather market-neutral portfolios with limited directionality, while some of them also have clear directional exposure in the way they invest and capture opportunities. Well, let me poke you a bit here, uh, because when you say they trade in a fully automated way, instantly and without interference of human emotions, my gut feeling is not sending me positive signals only. What if the algorithm is fed with the wrong data or it misinterprets the data? Is there no one who can pull the plug and stop the trades from happening? There are always people behind these investment machines who actually programmed them. And systematic investment strategies are actually much more tangible than anything. So it's not the infamous black box? No, not at all. Their signal generation process is based on an investment logic that intuitively makes sense. And with the help of massive amount of data, significant computer power, such investment concepts that generate these buy and sell signals are backtested using market data as far back as possible to identify whether they are robust and deliver the expected results. Well, and apparently at LGT Capital Partners, you have been investing in such managed future strategies since 1999 and in significant size. Correct. And based on our experience, these quantitative investment managers, to go back to your initial questions, they do actually not need to intervene on a discretionary basis and stop trades from happening given that such investment models have been time-tested and traded over multiple market cycles. 
And in addition, these portfolios are highly diversified, trading hundreds of positions across all asset classes. So each individual trade takes only a small portion of the overall portfolio risk. I see, I see. However, I still argue that some critics have also said in downturning markets, those managed futures managers could also be an uncontrolled accelerant, fueling a sell-off in the markets. Trend-following CTAs, they can definitely accelerate certain price moves as they trade with the direction of the market as they follow price trends by its nature. However, such CTAs trade the most liquid markets. You can imagine like sovereign bonds, US treasuries, equity indices like an S&P futures contract and the most liquid commodity and currency markets worldwide. So in aggregate, they're still reasonably small participants in these markets compared to the overall investment community that trades such contracts. Okay, Roger, now that we understand what we are talking about here at all, why do you think it is the right time to invest in managed futures right now? We consider these strategies relevant and of added value in the portfolio at any given point in time. What you have seen from uh, discussions with our investors is that many are actually underallocated or or not even invested at all in such strategies. Therefore, we wanted to highlight with these insights into managed futures the true benefits of such investment strategies, especially given the current market circumstances and investment dynamics that are happening. In your white paper, you explain five secular forces which are fostering the case for managed futures. I would like to look into those in more detail, especially the resurgence of inflation, as you call it, is an interesting one. Yes, absolutely. Inflation is really a new market phenomenon that many of us have never experienced to this degree. And it creates challenges for global central banks, given their ambition to create price stability on one hand and to focus on the economy and growth on the other. Well, and the level of inflation is different in each country. That leads to interesting divergences. Correct. And it's also quite a broad-based phenomenon coming from monetary and fiscal stimulus over years distortion since the breakout of COVID in 2020, the war in the Ukraine, slowing globalization, and today a tight labor market with wage pressure. We believe that the past decade's low level of, of, of inflation is unlikely to return and that it will be structurally higher in the years to come. Well, and I assume that this higher level of inflation is a new constraint on policymakers' ability to react to growth concerns, I assume. Yes, indeed. Well, you also mentioned slowing globalization, so can you elaborate on that? Exactly. Also here we see a major shift happening. The COVID-19 pandemic and the war in the Ukraine have created bottlenecks and disruptions and exposed the hyper-globalized supply chains, often resulting in critical dependency on a few far away suppliers of raw materials or intermediate products. Well, do you think that businesses and governments will likely refocus on resilience? Yes, and also on security of critical supplies and on higher self-sufficiency in strategically important raw materials, energy and technology. In a, in a less interconnected world, local business cycles could become more pronounced and economic imbalances will arguably take longer to dissolve too. All of which is bound to increase the macro volatility in the future. Another secular force is the rise of big government and also here one can find arguments for higher, higher macro uncertainty and volatility. 
Correct. In the past, bold and swift government actions were often born out of necessity to intervene in times of crisis and thus helped stabilize economies and markets. Well, and also going forward, this may no longer be the primary raison d'être for economic policymakers. Correct. And today we have income and wealth inequality are undoubtedly at the heart of calls for more government intervention. We see the widening gap is more gen generally a product of the post global financial crisis decade with its low economic growth, concentrated productivity gains and, and low levels, ultra-low levels of interest rates. Well, and most recently the global pandemic accelerated those differences. Correct, and the political climate has changed towards a more active role of governments in economic affairs. So more frequent redistributions in various forms, such as taxes and transfers, are likely in the future. And also here, that leads to uncertain macroeconomic implications and does rather increase economic uncertainty. And most likely geopolitical risks could increase that level of uncertainty. Yes, unfortunately. Such uh, geopolitical risks have increased in a world of multipolar competition with the revived contest for economic and military dominance and the shifting alliances around them introduce new uncertainties. The competing blocks East versus West. Yes, those potentially fuel tensions that could culminate in economic, financial, technological or even military conflicts. So, unfortunately, we see currently a number of such expressions of an intensified rivalry in a global world order. And clearly, great power politics can have major economic consequences and could lead to unforeseeable new trends. Climate change is also on top of the political agenda. What do you think about opportunities coming from the energy transition? Decarbonizing an economy reliant on burning fossil fuels demands huge private and public capital investments. The renewable energy generation and the electrification of mobility also requires vast amounts of physical inputs. And this ranges from industrial and base metals, such as copper, to rare earth metals. But the mining capacity for many mission-critical materials may, at times, be insufficient to meet the new demands. Correct, and the world economy continues to depend on traditional energy sources today. The strong capital discipline after the past decade's commodity slump, paired with ESG-related hesitance to invest in new capacities, has resulted in a structural undersupply in certain key commodities. Well, and scarcities are likely to bite more often and lead to temporary spikes in commodity prices. Correct, and this raises the risk for more frequent supply disruptions in commodity markets with the potential impact on financial markets and also the real economy. Okay, now, so combining all these thoughts, uh, why do you think the combination of these five secular forces provides such a strong ground for managed futures? Yeah, these, these secular forces create a challenging and quite dynamic market environment with so many macro forces currently at play. Managed future strategies are highly adaptive with long and short positions and are not based, for example, on constant correlations or constant cross-asset dynamics. So they're in a good position to cope with such a dynamic market regime and higher volatility. Well, and things change quite dynamic. Yes, and central banks and policymakers are much more hands-off in this environment with inflation in its current form and rising nominal rates. Also, the often mentioned central bank put that has existed for years and dampened market volatility is at least gone for now and markets trade on their own fundamentals. 
Systematic strategies are designed to maximize the chances to perform in any market environment. And they invest 100% systematic and execute their trades without any emotions, as you said. Correct. And that's where we are coming from. We believe that these investment strategies are well equipped to deal with this new environment and improve the portfolio efficiency of an allocator. That sounds all convincing, but let me still play the devil's advocate here. Is it not too late now to invest in managed futures, given the strong performance over the last three years, and in particular this year, 2022? Performance has been strong indeed, but it has been broad-based, with performance coming from multiple asset classes and sectors, and also from a various set of different underlying investment strategies. In addition, a lot of these profits have been actually realized, and the exposure of many such strategies is currently quite light. And as such, you continue to like these investments. That's probably also the reason why you just changed your strategic asset allocation. Correct. We just went through that review process of the strategic asset allocation of the LGD Endowment Fund. And we decided to actually increase systematic strategies now, despite strong performance, as we continue to see good investment opportunities for them. What does that mean for me? Shall I go all in? To what extent do you think should managed futures or systematic strategies be part of a diversified portfolio? This depends a lot on the portfolio composition and the portfolio objective of an investor. As an example, in the LGD Endowment Fund, we increased the hedge fund allocation by 5% over the last two years. Today, we have a 20% overall allocation to hedge funds and with half of that in systematic strategies. So, okay, last but not least, based on everything you've said, are CTAs an investment exposure for the regular guy on the street, so for everyone? Yes, we strongly believe so. Systematic strategies should be part of any portfolio. Investors get access to unique and well-tested investment strategies that trade across all asset classes. Plus, it is a unique way to also get actively managed long and short exposure in global currency and commodity markets. Which is hard to get elsewhere in the asset management industry. That's very true. And we like these investment strategies a lot in the portfolio context and the macro environment that we experience should be beneficial for them. Okay, so what does an investor need to do to build such an exposure? Well, we would actually invite the investor for a detailed conversation with us. We have two dedicated hedge fund portfolios as part of the LGD Endowment Fund that are both investable and have capacity. In addition, we run several customized mandates for larger institutions. This is the investment option where our clients have maximum flexibility as they can co-invest directly into specific managers that are on the LGD Capital Partners managed account platform and our approved list. Well, thank you very much, Roger, for all your explanations and insights. Thank you, dear listeners, for joining our first podcast on the inaugural edition of our new white paper series, LGD Capital Partners Insights. We invite you to download the full white paper on lgtcp.com and look forward to having you again with us for the next episode of our podcast. Until then, all the best and take care. <laughs>